What's up, my good peoples? Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're talking about ideas that stimulate wholesome thinking into identity, purpose, vision, and action. I am James Anderson. With me is Carolyn and Aubrey, my good homegirls. <laughs> homegirls. What, what's happening? Switched it up. We've taken over the guys. That's <laughs> true. The women are taking over. I'm about to get replaced, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> Oh man, what's happening? Anything? Life. Life. <laughs> it's all happening. Life is happening. Yeah. It's amazing. Stained a deck this week. Mm. Got our deck all stained and stained it up. That's just put the some excitement of our week. Motor oil on it. And <laughs> yeah. Some orange juice. <laughs> that yeah. All kinds of different stains mm-hmm. happening. I saw that a kid already colored on something. <laughs> Oh. It'll probably wash off. <laughs> That's just life. <laughs> it's just life. So I tell you about Braxton coloring on my wall before I moved out of the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> With what? Like to a crayon. Like two weeks before we moved out. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I was like, mommy, look what I did. And I'm like, oh, That's my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Magic eraser. Right? I left it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna paint over it anyway. It's so. true. <laughs> That's true. I did not bother. <laughs> it might be horrible of me. I'm sorry to my landlord. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, I am sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So tonight, uh, we thought. We we'd uh, listen to a little bit of Aubrey's story. Aubrey's uh, she was she's been with us since the origination of <laughs> Be Transformed. She was the, one of the founding members. Yes, <laughs> founding <true>. mothers. Founding. <laughs> 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 yeah, one of the founders Found of BT. <laughs> we did the BT class in the living room. Good times. Just get together and read some Bible. Yeah. Yeah, how, but how long ago was it you ended up in BG? <sighs> It'll be two years in September. Two? It, it, is, d- September. it is September. Oh, my gosh. Or September. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, you can officially say it's been two, two years. years. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, just to reference, was the beginning of, of September. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> two years. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and give us a little bit of that uh, backstory there. So I came here from like four hours away. Um, I was in a really abusive relationship, um, was addicted to drugs, um, probably for like three years before I came here. I was in a really place of hopelessness and just really wanted to die. Like I really just wanted God to take me out of this world. Um, I had no hope. Um, I thought I was going to be stuck in this abusive relationship and, um, never have my kids back. I lost custody of them because of, of drugs. Um, I lost my train of thought. All right. So (laughs) I, um, I tried many times to get away from my ex, and it was always a failed attempt. Like, I would go to my mom's or my grandma's, and he would always come after me, 
and take me back and to where they were fed up with me. I even tried to go to Cleveland to my aunts. Um, I hitchhiked in my bare feet because he took my shoes because he thought that if we lived on a gravel road, so if he took my shoes, I wasn't going to walk like a mile down a gravel road, but Mm. I did, and I walked to a truck stop, and I sat there, and I hitchhiked to my aunt's house, but he came after me there, too. (laughs) Unfortunately, my family and his family are, yeah, so they told him where I was. (laughs) So, um, did they know it was a bad relationship? Uh, it was my cousin who's a drug addict too. So I mean, oh okay, yeah, they didn't care about no. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then it was like six months after that, after the Cleveland incident, that I finally, um, I had someone who was willing to come get me and bring me to Bowling Green, which I had no idea where Bowling Green even was. <laughs> Kentucky. Um, I just knew I had to go somewhere that was far away and that nobody would know where I was. So um, he brought me here. He put me up in a hotel for a week, and I um, was able to find a domestic violence shelter here in Bowling Green. Um, And I got in there. It was a Saturday, and I knew I had to find a church. I wanted to go to a church because I knew that it was Jesus that saved me out of all that. Because during my abuse and my drug use, like, I had heard, like, some stuff on the internet about Jesus, um, about a Jesus who rescues Mm. and loves sinners and rescues sinners. I didn't know about that Jesus prior to that. So coming here and getting freed from that, like I wanted to find a church and learn more about Jesus. Um, So I started going to H2O. I walked on campus to the H2O the next day. And I got there late, it was right at the end of the service Um, Because I was lost on campus. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. (laughs) And she made it. (laughs) I did make it. I was late. Um, But they talked about the well was starting that night. And I had no idea what any of this stuff Mm. was. I'm like, just like, I want to do it. (laughs) Sign Sign me up. up. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. I started the well that night and um, met Tiffany as my discipleship partner. I met you guys and started having Bible studies with you guys. And I've really came from nothing coming here with the clothes on my back um, to now I got custody of my kids back. Um, I got my nursing license back and I'm working. I just bought a mobile home and um, God has really redeemed me from all that darkness of my past. And, um, I just I want to give other people hope that are in that situation mm-hmm. um, of hopelessness and thinking they can never have more than the life that they're they're in that that's um, not true. <laughs> there mm-hmm. is hope, yeah. and that Jesus loves them and ha- God has a plan for their life and a purpose for their life. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's awesome. S- story is amazing. Just yeah. the the uh, failed attempts, but just the knowing that God was going to rescue you and still, yeah, being willing to keep trying and right. And, and I had no idea coming here. I had no idea where I was going to stay. Like no idea. I just n- knew that I needed to go, and I just needed to get away. 
and God took care of me through that. Yeah. Who was the, um, so it was interesting. You were saying, um, you had heard a couple things about Jesus or whatever on the internet, like previous to that, that was like something you kind of like never. No, like I grew up in a Catholic church when I was little, you know, I went to catechism. We, I had my first Holy communion. And then after that, we never went back to church. Um, but I don't remember like learning about Jesus or anything. Mm. Like, um, I remember like Bible stories like here and there, but nothing. Like I've learned so much that I can't believe I never knew, especially like going to church when I was little. But um, yeah, I think I was, I don't know, maybe seven or eight when we stopped going. Um, so yeah, other than I have not been, I had not been to church up until coming here <laughs> since since then. Yeah, it's interesting. What was that like when you you had some kind of background? You'd, you'd heard about <coughs> God or, you know, in the Catholic Church, you were learning stories in the Bible. But what was that like when you heard it a different way, like for the first time, basically? Um, like, I wanted to know more, I guess, made me hungry, I guess you could say. Like, that you could have a relationship with God, like, personal relationship. Like, because I guess before I thought God was just this faraway person that, you know, judges everybody. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. So it was, I don't know, gave me hope. And then through the things that I've experienced, obviously, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, was was the stuff you found on the internet, was that that guy that you went to? His Clayton thing? Jennings, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, he, the way he talked about Jesus was, like, you could not be, like, intrigued. Mm. Like, yeah. Like, I want to know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's real cool. So you came across Clayton Jennings on online, mm-hmm. and then you also had kind of your own encounters with God. Yeah. Um, so my brother actually died of a heroin overdose in 2015. So what, like two years before I came here, I think it was. Um, And that was really hard. And he's my only like full brother. I have two other half brothers, but we have the same mommy and dad. We were a year and a half apart. So losing him was hard. And um, after he died, I totally hated heroin and opiates, but um, I turned to a different different alley. I guess, but I thought, well, this won't kill me. <laughs> and I started using um, methamphetamines um, that to just get me out of my darkness. It made me feel happy and gave me energy until, of course, you crash. But <laughs> like yeah. in the moment, I, I totally yeah. you're not thinking about the stuff that in your life. Mm. Um, I had a hard time with losing my brother. But no, what was the original question you asked me? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Oh, you had experience. You'd, you'd had your own experiences with God. No. You you heard about Clayton Jennings. Right. You, you heard him online, but then it, God was speaking to you. Right. Just so after a year after my brother died, me and my mom and my other brother went to visit his cemetery grave for the first time, and it was like a cloudy, stormy day. And um, driving back, like 
we had a sunroof and this hole in the clouds like punched through and the sun was like shining on us like I felt the warmth and I like got out my camera and I'm taking my brother's yelling at me like oh be stupid for taking pictures of <laughs> clouds as we're driving down the interstate but I was I just felt this warmth and this presence and so I started taking pictures because the sky looked crazy and it looked like an angel in the sky like and I still have these pictures and like when I got home and looked at them in the blur of the tree line it said Jesus is alive like and I'm not kidding like I see those words in the tree and that was another like oh my gosh this is like Jesus is real and I felt like he was trying to like tell me Mm. (laughs) like just come to me you know so that was one of my first like oh my gosh and I felt crazy (laughs) 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 to be honest (laughs) like I'm losing my mind yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you said you were you got into the the drugs to uh I don't know, kind of mask the darkness. What um, what was the darkness? Um, I guess just um, a lot of things from my childhood. Me and my, my older brother were abused. Um, <sighs> my dad was in prison for 20 years, so I never had a relationship with my dad. Um, I ended up, every relationship that I've ever been in was toxic, abusive, um, and I think, like, I felt no worth. Um, and, like, I deserved that kind of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know there was better or that I deserved better. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anxiety, depression, for various reasons. <laughs> sure. It's interesting how self-worth and lack of identity can lead you to feel like you don't deserve something better. Knowing that God sees you as something better and that God does have a purpose for your life and he sees you as his child. Like, and it's funny that you can be so oblivious to that, but Mm. all of us, every single one of us are, are God sees us that way. You know, we're children of his children. Yeah. Regardless of the circumstance we're in or even if we don't see it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Just like the, yeah, well, it's just, it's a malfunction to not know who you are and why you are. Like you said, like the fact that, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, <laughs> the, the emotions are coming for those that can't see. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's gonna get you. Yeah, but uh, there's this guy, um, Father G. They call him. He's uh, he's got this group in California. Actually, it's kind of all over the place, but um, it's called Homeboy Industries, and it's like the largest um, gang intervention program in the world, and they are kind of in uh, various countries, but um, uh, yeah, you know, he's just talking about the concept of helping people see that they're, they're exactly what God meant, meant them to be. <laughs> and just, you know, hanging out with these people and then <sighs> seen them 
really begin to discover that very thing that you can see, right? To, to start to discover, just kind of like you're talking about where it's like, this stuff was foreign, like hope. <laughs> uh, people who cared about you, people who didn't want to abuse you, but uh, held you as valuable. I mean, all these, all these guys in this, um, all these people getting into gangs, you know, they talk about how um, nobody gets into a gang because it's appealing. He's everybody's running from somebody. Everybody's running from something. And it's, you know, it's all about abuse and misuse and all this bull, <coughs> bull stuff. Um, bull pucky. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, the other thing they say is, you know, everybody's a lot more you know, than the dumbest thing you've ever done. Hmm. <laughs> it tells a story about this one guy. Um, he gets uh, two days out of prison and he's trying to find a job. And uh, he comes into this guy's office. He's like, hey, man, I can't find a job. And he's like <laughs> tattooed on this guy's forehead is F the world, <laughs> but like spelled out. <laughs> 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 and he <laughs> uh, uh, Greg's like, man, you know, if I think if we really put our heads together on this, we might be able to figure out what the problem is. <laughs> but yeah, hope, man. Yeah, identity is a real thing, and like the the lack of it causes you to get a bit uh, self-destructive just due to the case that you're you're missing the essence of who you are and why you are. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, this uh, this whole thing kind of gets us into the uh, our, to our topic tonight, which is kind of like the great separation, which Jesus talks about, I think, maybe in like Matthew 25. Um, and he talks about when, when he returns and the angel's with him and he sits on his throne, he says all the nations will be gathered uh, in front of him and the people be separated um, you know, like a shepherd separate separates sheep from goats, and you know. And so, on a, the ones on on the right, he'll say, you know, come into the inheritance that was prepared for you since before the foundations of the earth were laid. Because when I was sick, You took care of me. Hey, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> crickets. The, the crickets, crickets are talking <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. And when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was uh, naked, you yeah, clothed you me. Yeah, you clothed me. He said, whatever you did. You know, and these people are like, whoa. When did we see you like that? He's like, no, nah, man, whatever you did to the least of these, you did unto me, right? And then to the people on the left, he's like, uh, he's like, depart from me and go into your, you know, eternal torture. Because when I was all these things, you didn't do anything. And then these guys, same, same, same response. Whoa. When did we see you like that, right? He's like, no, you don't get it. He's like, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you you did not do for me. I think there's a couple 
interesting uh, concepts in here. One, it's like you look at how close God is to the brokenhearted. Like he said, no, whatever you did to them, you did to me. And whatever you did not do to them, you did not do to me. Yeah, and two, it's like, um, who, <laughs> who's he talking to? Who's the one that went to the sick? Who's the one that, that put the clothes on the, their back? Who's the one that visited up in prison? It was the people on the right, right? Like sometimes we, we kind of sit around thinking, well, you know, God will take care of that. Oh, man, that place over there looks like shit, but God will take <laughs> care of that. That's just fine, right? <laughs> God will sort that out. You know, I got to keep watching TV. Pray about it. Let me pray. Let me pray. How fast tomorrow? <laughs> Got to eat these chips. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but it was the people. He says, "Whatever you did is what happened, and whatever you didn't do is what didn't happen." Like just this this idea of responsibility and duty. It's it. Uh, you can't push that responsibility back on God because that. This clearly depicts what you do is what happens, and what you don't do is what doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I was, I don't remember where I heard this, but they were just talking about the concept of waiting for God to tell you if you should do it. And it's mm. like, God always <laughs> wants to help someone. You know, there's, mm. if, there, if there's an inkling to help someone, if there's an inkling to, I, I mean, maybe in this case it was, like healing or prophecy, but it was just like, there's never a time where the spirit doesn't want to move, you know? So it's like just this concept of like, if the, even if the urge doesn't come, obviously there's more that we could and should be doing. But Mm -hmm. like when the urge comes, it's like this, there's, there isn't a need to wait for God to clarify, like, should I help that person? Mm -hmm. Like if it involves anything of helping or building up or, you know, it's like, that's God, Mm -hmm. you know, that, there isn't anything to wait for confirmation on that. Just do it. Take action. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard people talk about it because little dice who people are like, well, you know, you know, well, does God really want you to be the person that helps them or is there somebody else that can help them? It's just like, well, freak, if I got a, I got, now I got to hear like some deliberate word from God, like something so Christian. Oh, now you're just in all up in confusion. You're in guilt. You're in shame. You're like, freak, am I, am I supposed to? Am I not supposed to? And it's just like total mayhem. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, like just a couple weekends ago, um, a girl that I knew that I um, had used drugs with, um, I happened to see a post of hers that um, she was in a halfway house and had no clothing, no toiletries, no anything. And so if anybody could send her anything. So, you know, I messaged her like, what size are you? You know, what do you need? <laughs> and I th- took that as a perfect opportunity to share what God had done in my life. Mm. And so I gathered up a bunch of clothes for her, toiletries, um, a devotional and a Bible and was able to share um, my story and it gave her hope she she said she cried and and she said thank you so much your story gave me hope and i feel like that put like passion inside me like that's what i want to do like i want to be able to get people out of the darkness that i've experienced so like not that we go out and do these things because we feel like it earns 
like our salvation or anything, but we want to do it because of what's been done for us kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And who better to share that than somebody who has lived it? You know, it's, it's not just this like, you know, far off picture that doesn't seem possible. It's like, no, for real, (laughs) that was me. Right. And now look at me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Restoration's a real thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Jesus said in like Luke 6, he was like, I will show you what it is like when somebody comes to me, hears my word, and put it into practice. He's like, I will show you what it is like. It's like this guy who's going to build a house. And before he builds a house, he digs in the ground until he hits rock then he lays his foundation on top of that rock and then he builds his house on top of that foundation and then when the storms come that house stands firm right but the person who hears my word but doesn't put it in practice also builds a house but just sets it right on the ground and the house is fine until the storm comes and that thing comes into a giant heap of ruins but it's like who are the people who comes to Jesus, right? And um, I don't know, maybe the next chapter, chapter 7. Jesus is sitting down to eat. Um, this Pharisee had uh, invited him over for dinner. And then this woman comes in, and she uh, she's weeping, and she's, you know, washing his feet with her tears and wiping it with her hair and putting per- perfume on it and kissing his feet. And and the host, right, this Pharisee, he's like, shoot. He's like, <laughs> he's talking about Jesus. He's like, man, if that guy was a prophet, he would know, like, he wouldn't let that lady touch him because he would know that she's, like, such a sinner. And so he said this to himself. And so, which <laughs> is really funny because then Jesus answers what he said, um, you know, because he said, well, if this guy's really a prophet, then he would know who's touching him. So he answers this guy who didn't say this out loud. And was like, uh, he's like, hey, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me tell you something. The guy's like, okay, teacher, go. <laughs> he's like, there was a, a guy who lent money to two people. He five hundred pieces of silver to one person, fifty pieces of silver to somebody else, and then uh, neither of the people could pay back the debt. So the lender generously and kindly forgave the debts. He said, who is? Uh, is going to love that lender more. And the guy's like, well, I suppose the person who had the bigger debt. Yeah, and, you know, Jesus is just saying, <laughs> he's like, yeah, this, 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 la- this, this lady, right? He's like, I came in here, you didn't, you didn't offer me water to wash my feet. He's like, you, you, you didn't give me oil to anoint my head. He's like, but this lady's washing my feet with her tears. She hasn't stopped putting perfume. He's like, you, you didn't kiss me when we, we came in, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. Uh, he's like, but I tell you, like, this woman, yeah, though her sins were many, have been totally forgiven. And it's just like, these are the people who come. And then these are the people who leave with function. 
right? Like he says, I will tell you, I will tell you. It doesn't get any more blatant than this. I will explain to you. I'll paint you a picture of what it is like when somebody comes to me, hears my words and puts it into practice. These people build a life that's so legit that nothing can ever knock it down, tear it down or do nothing, right? But the other people who just hear it and they're just, well, whatever, you know, maybe they didn't understand why, why would you go through all that extra effort to dig in the ground and you know, why would you build a foundation? It's already a ton of work to build a house. You know, let's just slap this baby on the dirt. But it's like the people who come to Jesus, they're the broken, man. They're, they're, the, they're, they're all of us, right? But then we're the people that, that, that step into that, uh, that redemption that turn into people who freaking dominate, right? Like, um, couple i don't know maybe a chapter later you got the the parable of the the farmer who sows uh, scattering some seeds right some seed falls on the footpath some in the rocks some in the weeds and then some in good soil and jesus is explaining this parable and he's like you know he, he each of the the places the seed fell were different people and everybody held on to god's word for a short period of time, except for the last guy, right? The, the, the good soil, that guy, he relentlessly held onto that word and he patiently produced a massive harvest. It's just like the, the, the people who come to God become the people who begin to live and function. It's just like there is no, there is no, uh, nobody's unredeemable like there's no there's no limit there's no there's no line you can cross there's no hill you can climb that can get you past god's heart yeah right up yeah i was reading in psalms 107 and just that very that very thing um and the whole chapter is really good but it's just talking about how you know, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from east and west, from north and south. And it just it just keeps going on and it's you know talking about those who are hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Goes on further, um, starting in 10, it starts talking about how there were some that sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. And then you keep going down. It says, they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. And just that picture of, you know, being in utter darkness and crying out for help and being like, as soon as they cried out, you know, even in their rebellion, you know, then once they came to realize that they needed God and, and, and you should read that whole chapter, it, it goes on in, in different ways and just talks about the way that you can be apart from God in the sense that they didn't know him. They hadn't, you know, and then they called out for called out for help and he redeemed them and just that right there's nobody that's unredeemable there's no situation that's too big there's no place so far away that you can't cry out to God and he won't redeem you and 
you know, mm-hmm. even your story where you felt the call, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was an instant for you, but right. you were feeling the call. And then when you right. actually got away yes. and, and <laughs> kept going, you know, right. it wasn't just, you didn't just get away right. from an abusive situation. It could have stopped there for you. Like yeah. you, you had freedom in the sense that you were no longer being abused, right. but you sought out yes, this I was God. hungry for yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. to know, to know God. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about in yeah. sorry. In addition to this, was you're talking about the parable of the seed. It, it got me thinking to this this concept of you can't just like sprinkle on God. You can't just <laughs> add him on top of like your life. And that and that's the li- the life without the foundation. That's the house without any like. It's just you know. It's just you just kind of put God there. Slap a little bit here and there and start my day with it and then, you know, check it off. And, and I feel like I lived a part of my life like that where I was a morning devotional, check it off. And then I just kind of go about my day where now I feel like when we talk about, um, our days and it's just like, there, there isn't a, where God stops and then we begin. It's like, it's all connected. And just the concept that when you have that foundation and you are seeking after your purpose in life and what you have inside of you that you want to bring to people and you want to, take out there to bring the hope like you're talking about from your situation it's just like that that's god you're living your purpose with god right and you know it's just all connected there's no separation there's no put it down over here i did my morning devotional it's like it's all all intertwined there's no separation right and that's and you feel whole like i feel like there's all kind of things that temporarily um make us think we feel whole like relationships or drugs like oh we temporarily are happy or whatever and it just leads to more brokenness um and the only thing that can make you completely whole is god like all those temporary things just cause more brokenness yeah yeah well it's just like i don't know to reference again the homeboys um, you know, they're all just talking about how, you know, grow up in abuse, uh, I don't know, getting into gangs and this and that. And, but growing up, right, they, they were taught, hey, you don't tell anybody about uh, anything that's going on, any of this bad stuff. You don't share this with anybody. And then you get into the gangs and they say, hey, you don't share any of your stuff with anybody, right? You just, you just kind of push that stuff down. It's just like, like these, these things that kind of create that temporary, quote unquote, wholeness. It's like, it's just like you keep just trying to put like tape over the, the, the seal of the, just the boiling bitterness, brokenness, pain that should have never happened kind of mayhem. And it's just like you keep just trying to put some tape on it. But the until you freaking deal with that junk, you're never going to get into wholeness. It's like you can't. It seems like you could just run from it, but the problem is, is wherever you go, it goes, because <laughs> it's inside of you. <laughs> so it's like you're not made to, to foster all that nasty mm-hmm. inside of you. But yeah, man, that's where like forgiveness and healing comes from. You know, uh, Jesus quoted uh, Isaiah 61, which went to the tune of. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me 
to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release the prisoners and, and pull them out of darkness, to declare the year of the Lord's favor and the vengeance of God to comfort all who mourn in Zion. Right, and it, it goes on uh, a little bit de- further, and it says, and, and these people, right, these are the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord to display his splendor. It's like these people who were once broken and then made whole, these guys, right, they're, they're like oaks of righteousness. An oak tree is massively dense, super strong hardwood, right? So we're, we're not talking about yeah, little <laughs> freaking pathetic sissies, right? We're, we're, we're talking about legit, like this foundation that the guy would lay to build his house. He, du- he, he, he found solid ground underneath the earth to lay his solid foundation on so that that solid foundation is anchored inside the earth to a spot that's not going to shift. And then he anchored his house on top of that. I mean, we're talking about double layered here, people. This junk ain't going nowhere. These are the people, these people that God plants on purpose to do what, man? To display his splendor. Your wholeness is a picture of God's splendor. People are like, oh, no, I'm not any good. No, freaking shut up. Like your wholeness (laughs) is a display of God's goodness. And our dumb ideas of what that looks like are just need to stop you're you're supposed to be amazing and it it depicts a picture of who god is and then it goes on to say that these same people who were once broken and then made whole these guys go on to rebuild the broken cities these people go on to have massive amounts of influence these are the people who do something so big so crazy that the nations come to them because you are seen by them as priests of the lord god almighty and they will bring you their wealth It's just like this picture of these people who are so whole that the entire world's like, holy freak, like we got to go there, right? (laughs) That's God's idea of redemption. Yeah, it's thinking about living in function versus malfunction and just that concept of like when we are in wholeness, like you walk out that in function. Mm. Like we don't have to accept these partial <laughs> realities of I'm, I'm just an anxious I'm just an anxious person I just have this part of my personality that's just how I was made you know it's I I used to think that that there were certain parts of me that's just like oh, I'm just wired like that it's like no when we actually come into full function like the and just that picture of displaying like in wholeness who God is it's like we are meant to be that like we're not meant to limp along with a crutch or a cane with these things that are I mean yes we all have struggles but that's not where we stay and just this concept that like we're made to be in complete wholeness Mm. and showing others what that looks like Mm. like if we're all jacked up it's the language yeah yeah it's like if we don't if we're if we're stuck in a place of like not even getting free from our own struggles it's like that's not really appealing and just that and not to say that we can't be real and honest and like you know, we don't have to look perfect. That doesn't, not that, but just this concept of like, we're all striving to continue to display like in wholeness who God is and that we can break out of malfunction and live in function. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the process can be messy, but it's a process. <laughs> yeah, well, so a process, right? By definition, it's like there's like a certain amount of time that's got to take take place for growth to incur, right? For you to reach whatever it is you're trying to reach. I mean, it's like you don't get disqualified when you're in the process, right? I mean, the process means you're in the process. You can't get any more proactive than active. It's like, it's, it's not about, I'm not, I'm not really interested in being perfect. I really could care the freak less. And I am not a sinner in need of a savior, right? I'm a son growing in knowledge, understanding and maturity, learning how God thinks how to handle situations like he handles them, right? And to freaking dominate in this life. Like people want to hang out in this idea of like, well, we're just broken, messed up humans. And it's just like, that sucks for you, but I'm not. I'm not, that's not the message Jesus hands out. And it's like, I won't for any moment of time ever take any of that on. And I, I was just thinking about this, just these last few articles we've had out here, um, just kind of like the great contrast, you know, like the, the contrast between um, the two guys who are building their house, right? One guy takes the word, builds a legit foundation, house stands firm, right? Opposed to the other guy who doesn't use a foundation and his house collapses. The story of the... Um, the farmer who scatters seed and how only one person held on to that word and that was the only person who produced a harvest and when they produced it, it was massive, right? In another parable, it was like 30 to 60 to 100 times more than what was planted. Um, and even this story about uh, the, um, the lender, right, who lent 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 the other the contrast right that the per person with a weightier um, debt had a, had a greater gratitude and tenderness and compassion and relationship with the lender because it was so much more weighty and real and life-altering and I was just kind of thinking like this this great contrast between like Somebody who actually takes God's word, right, gets into knowledge and understanding of righteousness, of wholeness, of restoration, of reconciliation, right? This person, right, who, who taps into identity, begins to see the potential that they have, uh, discover the duties and responsibilities they hold, and then they take massive levels of action to accomplish them, right? These are the people who produce massive harvests fruit that proves that they're really of God. Well, con on a contrast side, you get the people who never really kind of tap into righteousness and just kind of never really <coughs> ever believe that they have worth or value. And these people kind of always just kind of chase after God's approval. They chase after this thing they already have as if they didn't have it. And they're just kind of spending all their time chasing after this thing that they kind of don't really have too much of an impact. And it's just, it's the, the great contrast between like the truth 
of who Jesus is, the truth of why God created the world, the truth of restoration and wholeness that brings you back into who you were meant to be, and then learning to thrive in that, develop that, grow in that, go in the process. But, but in sonship, right, as children, not as slaves, not as servants, uh, and, and not as broken, right? People who are whole, right? I mean, Jesus said he came to bind up the brokenhearted. I'm just telling you, this guy's got skills. <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty insulting to assume that you're still broken. Hmm. When this guy came to reconcile you, right? Reconciliation is based on the premise that before you're born again, your relationship is not what it once used to be, meaning there was a used to be. You used to be in right standing. You used to have identity. You used to have purpose. You used to have, you know, uh, these responsibilities and duties. And that, that reconciliation brought you back into it. And I'm just saying, like, he's got some skills, right? He's, he's, he gets you back into that right position pretty good. Restoration looks like function. Function looks like benefits. Function looks like things work. It's the proper use. It's the, it's the reason behind why something was created, how to use it, use it how it's created to use, and then, bam, you withstand the storms. You produce a harvest that's freaking massive. You've got this tenderness towards God that's freaking legit. Why? Because that's function. We belong to a God who created all things on freaking purpose. It wasn't on accident. It wasn't on a whim. I'm telling you, man, he's a God of function. And we display who it is that made us. So I say, man, with our lives, let us prove that we follow a God of function. In Jesus' name. Mock up peoples. <laughs> Until next time. Peace. Peace.